0: Skype means audio. I'm your host, Brandon Kyle Goodman, and welcome to Black Folks. On this show, I have the honor of talking to Black people of various identities about our lives and how being Black has shaped our experiences. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking to Gloria Atanmo, who I refer to as GLOW. She is an online educator, a content creator in the travel space, and an entrepreneur. She's traveled to over 80 countries across six continents, and has been featured in Forbes, Oprah Magazine, Conte Ness, Essence, BuzzFeed, and so much more. She's spoken on many stages, led retreats around the world, and now focuses on helping female entrepreneurs make a bigger impact and a bigger income. We love that, okay? Also, make sure you check out her new podcast, The Glow Show. Now, today, we talked about our experiences of being catapulted into the forefront of anti-racism education on Instagram, and we also talked about what it means to travel while Black, which I'm so excited that I got to talk about this, because I have a lot of anxiety, and and Glow really, really uh, talked me through with her experience. Now, some housekeeping. Subscribe, ring, and leave a comment if you're enjoying black folks it helps new listeners find us and you know i love to hear from you so you can always email me at blackfolkspodcast podcast at gmail.com b-l-a-c-k-f-o-l-x podcast at gmail.com okay without any further ado here is my conversation with glow autonomo How are you
1: I'm good. And you know, right now, when I check in with my Black people, I'm just like, but how are you really doing? And Mm. I think it's so important to remember our front facing selves. Oh, I'm good. I'm great. But like, beyond that, like, how are you really doing? And I think these days I'm just taking it a day at a time because I could be writing a high one day and then reminding myself of all the struggles that we still have to go through on a day-to-day basis.
0: I am right there with you. I'm glad you said that. Cause, uh, cause I always say like, how is your heart doing as opposed to how are you? And I forget that the, the, how are you really doing is, is especially important. And, you know, I had therapy this morning and I was like, I am honestly sad. And she was like, that's okay. like, you like learning to sit in the sadness because I'm a fixer. So like, if I'm sad, I'm like trying to get out of it. Like I'm like, and not even like a forced positivity, but it's like, okay, well,
1: what do we need to do to get, you know, to... <laughs> and it's like, Look, and the, and a, a theme that I tried to like instate for this year is heal. And you have to feel the pain before you can heal it. And my trauma response was like, let me stay busy enough so I could suppress all of what I yes. really did. And I think, 2020, for a lot of us, all of our real emotions came up. So I'm allowing myself like, yo, if I feel sad, if I feel down, let me sit in that and see what comes out of this. Because I'm working through some of these emotions for the first time.
0: Yes. Wait, see, this is what always (laughs) happens on this show. Like, I'm always like, I'm ready to go in. (laughs) Like, the guests are always like, let's go in. But let me start, (laughs) introduce yourself, anything you want us to know, starting with your pronouns.
1: Yes, I go by she, her, my name is Glow, and I am just someone who's obsessed with helping people make a bigger impact and income with their brands, with their stories, with anything that they want to build. And I was a travel blogger for 10 years, over 80 countries across six continents. And now I focus more on entrepreneurial coaching, business coaching, and just honestly educating and stepping up where I feel called to, st- to lead. And last year, like we both found yes. ourselves in, in positions of like stepping up during a tumultuous time, but a lot of times we don't feel called or we, we don't, uh, I, I don't know how to put it, but we we step up even when we don't want to, and I think that's, that's what I love about you and your platform is that even though it's easier for us to disappear and work through our own emotions, we step up when we feel called to.
0: Yeah, yeah. For those who are listening, you don't know, but Glow and I we're we're internet friends. We are the 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 true definition of internet friends. You know, in June when when everything started to. Um, I guess come to the surface, if you will, Uh, Glow and I and some other accounts were ones that really kind of experienced... um, Uh, an impact because people were finding themselves educated by the content and I just love Glow's content but also Glow's energy is as you can feel just radiates warmth and but also um, I think what I love about you Glow and your content specifically is that it's warm and inviting but also very clear and direct the boundaries are very clear do you know like Well, you know, we can kiki and, and toast champagne, but also like be very clear about what we do over in this corner of the internet.
1: And let me tell you, that was very intentional and that took a lot of work mm. because if I want to be honest. Like if I took how I felt and just put it on the internet, hey. But, but, and here's the thing I'm like, This is going, the black people going to resonate because they feel it too. The white people are just, they're going to run away because a lot of them don't know how to take someone's emotions and turn it into a learning moment for themselves. They feel so guilty and they feel this conviction of like, oh, well, I didn't do it. Not my responsibility. This country's past isn't your responsibility, but this country's future is is your Absolutely. This country's past isn't your fault, but this country's responsibility, future is your your
0: responsibility. Yes. No, I'm with you. I was right there with you. (laughs) I was right there with you. Yes, absolutely. But,
1: you know, and so I had to figure out I'm like, okay, if I want people to actually listen, I do have to deliver my message in a way that I think will reach the most people. And then when they're ready for that next level, I'm bringing it too. And I would almost like divide sometimes my content. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna scratch the surface of this and then when when they've been falling for a little bit, I'm gonna let them know how I really feel. And then yes. I'm <laughs> But layers, I had to unpeel layers of what the message was. That's so interesting
0: because, you know, I had a lot of conversations, especially in like June, July, August of 2020, because all of a sudden with all the attention and kind of realizing that you're having this impact and people are coming to you, you want to be intentional. I'm somebody who is always intentional. But I also said Black people get to feel however they feel and get to say it however they want to fucking say it, period. So if somebody (laughs) wants to hello if somebody wants to <laughs> i would give i'd be like sorry white people like, if, if a black person wants to write crackers 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 on their twitter app, go i will co-sign <laughs> and say do you <laughs> like, that's not how i <laughs> approach it but i'm like you get to feel and do whatever you want but i will say that step of like pulling the layer back and being really intentional is extra processing <gasps> it's extra work for it's- us as the as the the creator or the educator. There's, there's more work inside of this thing that was already working on us.
1: That Do you know part. that part? And the most offensive thing that I would read in the comments or the DMS, thank you for not being so aggressive. And oh, oh my I God. appreciate that you're not yelling. And I would always be like, no, if yeah. someone is yelling, that's just as valid. Yes. Do not minimize Someone's pain because it's not delivered in the way that you can handle it. Yes. I'm taking the time. I am meditating before I come on this toxic platform <laughs> called Instagram. <Talk> <laughs> I am doing the work because I understand the reach and the potential to actually change hearts. Like, uh, let me take that extra step. And that's a burden I'm putting on myself. Mm-hmm. Not everyone mm-hmm. needs to carry that burden. And don't you dare make any Black person feel like they need to uh, codify, package, smoothen, dim in their words to, to make it more yeah. appealing and palatable to you.
0: I 1,000% Gosh. agree. And it's oh been God. such a... Uh, a learning curve for myself, you know, like learning what you quote unquote owe people and what you owe yourself. And the, the, the reality is you don't owe people shit. (laughs) That's what I learned. But you know, it's like, Oh, this is how I want to show up and that's important and I got to be intentional, but also everybody's voice in this, especially every black person's voice inside of this is valid. The pain is valid. And I remember I like posted my first, um, My first video, or one of my videos early on, that was like the first time that, for lack of a better term, let's just say I felt passionate. Let's just call it passionate, okay? And somebody was like, you know, your tone is just, and I was like, oh, no, (laughs) ma'am. Sir, it was a sir, no, sir. (laughs) <laughs> no, sir. Do not come from my tongue. Like, we are not. But that's a thing. And then it's like, okay, now, now what I want to do is read you and you glow... I, tell, I could tell you got it in you. We could read people for filth, to the ground, to dirt, to dust. But what we're going to do, what we're going to do, Glow, we're going to meditate. We're going to meditate. We're going to figure out what the learning moment is. And then we're going to come back and very firmly, and that's why I say your boundaries are so clear. And it was really, you were one of the accounts that um, inspired me to figure out how I wanted to... Um, to run my account because I just thought that you handled it, uh, You know, grace and elegance and those things are not the right words because I feel like we're we're valued for um, being polite. And that's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? It's that you were honoring yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like you were like, for me, I'm not here to get into fights with y'all on the damn internet. I'm not here to yell at y'all. That's not my energy. But I am also going to, to set very clear intentions and boundaries for my page. And I remember one post that you made, which has changed everything for me, which was like you were talking about losing followers because I'm sure you also noticed there was a point where those of us who had kind of been catapulted into the, the kind of forefront of these conversations, our followings skyrocketed and then maybe around August, people were like, I'm tired. This is depressing. I'm going to (laughs) unfollow. I did my work. I read, I read white fragility. I'm good. I read how to be an anti-racist. I'm good. Unfollow. (laughs) I'm no longer racist. I'm good. You know, and like that, but that was like, you know, as like (laughs) for myself and I don't know, you tell me, but like, it just was like it, I started to feel, uh, Take it personally. And then your post, which what I really remember was like, don't worry about people unfollowing you. And I think this is a life lesson, too. You're making space for the pe- for more people who are about what you're doing. And I think that's a life lesson, too. Like, we get worried about the tree shaking and people leaving. And it's like, don't worry about that. You keep doing you. What's your intention? And you're going to create the community whether it's online or in real life, that um, can honor what you're doing, hold space for what you're doing and and value.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's important as well, whether people are content creators, entrepreneurs, whatever personal brand, like sometimes you're only meant to serve people for a season. And when mm. they get that answer or they get that transformation, like, okay, cool, I'm ready for the next level. Or I'm ready for the next thing. So we hold on to like, these people that are only meant to be around for a season and feel, take it personal when they leave, and it, yes. it, you know we value our art, so of course uh, we feel personally attacked, and you know just ah someone's leaving like oh they don't like yeah. me or whatever it is, but never conform or shift or shape yourself to something that other people are forcing you to become. Because if you start saying, or if you start taking feedback from other people of like, oh, I liked you more when you posted this, and oh, you're not posting this anymore, because you're evolving constantly. Mm-hmm. And you continue to conform, like if you're a circle and you're conforming to what everybody wants you to be, you're not even a recognizable shape anymore. you got <laughs> an angle over here, obtuse, acute. You're just like, constantly bit and that's people pleasing 101 yes. we've all been there you know yes. so it's important to just stay true to your shape to your form to your message to your mission to what you are meant to do
0: yeah stay true to your shape you're not even a shape you recognize anymore whoo how many people just screamed
1: <laughs>
0: how many people in their car just threw their hands i've had to get the hands back on the wheel real fast well let me ask you the little black folks question of the day because you and i literally whether the people are here or not could just (laughs) could just have a soul conversation um so my little black folks question is what is your and it doesn't have to be it'll kind of change but in this moment What's your favorite advice from a Black elder? Wow.
1: This is such a powerful question because I value, and I think every Black person can felt something like this, especially after last summer, but I value so much of the words of Black elders now Mm. because it's not just it's not just their age wisdom, it's their life wisdom through the context and perspective of a Black person. And there's so much that they've been able to do, there's so much that they've done that allow us the freedoms and abilities that we have. I would say, And Mrs. Parker, probably in third grade, when she told me you're going to work, you're going to to need to work so much harder to get just an ounce of the respect your white peers will have. Never, never take that personal. She told me not to take it personal. She said, I'm going to be in rooms with mediocre white people Mm. and I'm going to feel so annoyed that they're further ahead or that they get these privileges that I have to work 10 times harder. Don't take it personal. Let it be your superpower and shine with it.
0: Oof. Oh, I love that.
1: She was the only black teacher in my elementary school. And she would just, she was such a, she's now 70 something, but she would impart so much wisdom to me at such a young age. And I just appreciate her for that.
0: Oof, that gave me chills. Because, you know, it's funny. I had a conversation with somebody about the, the, you have to work twice as hard to get half as far. And the, you know, the conversation I had with this person was, which I loved, she was like, you know, that's kind of inherently racist. It's like a racist <laughs> frame of thinking, right? Which is, you know, um, it's not a, a reflection on us as black people being like, this is the reality, but just like the fact that that is a thing is inherently um, racist. But how to offer to a young child Don't take that personal. That's a real beautiful piece. Use that as your superpower. Like then all of a sudden, instead of like seeing this huge ocean that you have to cross, which is like, and like, they're already in the ocean. I'm on the land. It's like, no, no, no. Don't take it personal. This is your superpower. Think outside the box. Do it differently. Work a little, like work, work differently. Shift a little bit. Ah, I love, I love that.
1: And what that also did for me is it helped me build, like, unparalleled work ethic. Mm. Because I, like, what's standard for me, like, people actually got to work for. I can show up and do something like that. Now I can, because I've always had to work so much harder. And so that's built this inherent work ethic. And yes. Like, just, yeah, like, standard of excellence in my work. Because yes. like, I always had to show up more than I needed to because of sure. So now I use that to my advantage and it is truly a superpower.
0: Yes. I love that. Cause then, it, you know, maybe at first it starts with like being annoyed, but then you're like, this is just my standard Ooh. and I enjoy Working at this standard of excellence, like I enjoy, like I, you know, I know that I've had to work. We all, every black person, has had to work twice, <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> like triple, quadruple. Uh, what's five? Cinco, whatever it is, we've had to work really, really fucking hard. Um, so I know, so I recognize that. But then now, as an artist who can really own my work and own what I do, I have an appreciation for that standard because. Now, when you try to put, put holes in what I'm doing, don't worry, baby, I took care of it. Like I know you know, like I'm I can I can have the conversation. You know, like I because I know everything was done, as we said earlier, with such intention. So even if something is incorrect or inaccurate or needs to be shifted. I have space to have that conversation because everything was built with intention. So you're like, "Oh, I can take it when Glow says, "What about this?" Great, let's fix that." You know, it's not it's not me going, "Uh, um, uh, uh well."
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh, uh look over here. <laughs> you're a mess. You're a mess. Okay, let me ask you the big black folks question, which I'm excited to ask you about because as you said, you are just a traveler by profession. Um and you know my husband and I, my husband is white and we've had some conversations um because he loves to travel. And traveling, I don't love it like he loves it. <laughs> but what it what I realized, what I've unpacked from that is I think it's because there's a level of anxiety that I have in traveling as a black queer person do you know what i'm saying there's like a level of anxiety when you're like let's just go you know we were supposed to go to arrowhead which everyone loves to get away to arrowhead here in la um and we got pulled over by the cops within 24 hours and so it's like that moment sticks with me and moments like that whenever i i travel uh just bring me a lot of anxiety. Uh, and so I realized it's not that I don't love traveling because I love other cultures. I love when I get to, to immerse myself in things that I don't know, but the anxiety is really like traveling while black. And so I think um, I am excited to talk to you about like, what, what have you, the big black folks question is, what have you learned from traveling while black? And we can take that wherever we want, but like, what have you learned from traveling while black?
1: If I'm being honest, it wasn't until I started writing about my experiences as a Black traveler that my brand started to gain traction because I realized what there was so many of these questions that Black people had, like, where is it safe for us to travel? Where do we have good experiences? We wanted to guarantee before we spent our money in a destination, would Mm -hmm. they even welcome us there? One
0: thousand percent.
1: Look, so I started like creating content for the questions that I wondered. I was willing to take a chance and being like. I don't know if they like us in Poland, but I'm about to go far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Glow's going to do the work for us.
1: <laughs> so I was willing to take those chances. And it was scary because again, here I was not only having my, my black skin spoke for me before I could even say a word when they saw me first, mm. I was African. Well, I'll say this African sex worker, because a lot of there, there was a, there was a lot of sex trafficking and human trafficking that was happening from Africa to Europe. The, the mm. first thing they thought about me was that I was a sex worker from Africa. Second thing, if I wasn't a sex worker, I was a local sex worker. So a lot of the African, uh, the, the, the sex traffickers that they brought, they became residents or they married local men. So then I was mm. a local sex worker. After that, well, then I was an African immigrant. Uh, so someone African, to, and again, when I say these words, when I use the word Africa, that doesn't have a positive connotation in a lot of places. Poor, uneducated, don't have money. Oh Ugh. You probably can't afford what's, what's in this restaurant, what's in my business, whatever. Right. So I'm dealing with that. Boom, boom, boom. Then I'm American tourist. When mm. I open my mouth, only then is my skin color validated. Oh, and it's not even just being a person. It's like, Oh, American. Okay. Maybe she has money. Okay. Maybe we'll treat her like a human. Oh, yeah. she can afford to travel to our country. Let's see what she can offer us. Mm-hmm. And it was he's Knowing that no matter the establishment or, or the place that I stepped in, I was going to get those, those face value judgments was hard because countries like Brazil, and I'm going to say these countries, and obviously these are isolated experiences where I've been denied at restaurants or spit at, but Brazil, Czech Republic, China, and I'm in these countries and I'm like trying to build my travel brand, trying to inspire other Black people to travel, meanwhile being spit at for walking down the road. And it's Ooh. like, how do I take the empowering uh, message of like, go travel Black people, but then also remind them like, hey, these are some realities to look out for. Yeah. And I had to continue to just like remind myself that sharing these stories didn't bring shame to what I was trying to do. It's a part of it, but I, feel, I felt all the more inspired to continue putting myself out there. Because if you are going to, to judge me or not like a, a Black person be, for me being Black, I'm gonna smile back at you. I'm gonna show you my humanity. Because the Mm. next time you see a Black traveler, you're gonna remember me. You're gonna remember that I still smiled in the face of your racism. And I, I don't know who is going to be the next person after me, but I wanted to kind of be the guinea pig. And I, w- I was told a lot of times when I would go to these small villages around Europe and Asia, like, oh, sorry, we've never seen a Black person before. Sorry that we're staring so much. Like, we just, you know, we see you in movies, but we never thought that you could be in our country. <laughs> like, oh, they would get. Mercy.
0: There,
1: there was a couple countries like Bulgaria, Montenegro, Croatia, who tennis is a big sport in those countries. And they thought I was Serena Williams. We have the same hairstyle around the same time. They're like, oh, oh, Serena, Serena Williams. Oh my God, oh my God. Oh, my kids, sign this, sign this. And that was a whole other experience. Then if it wasn't a lot of racism, it was like, celebrity star treatment because you were a, an athlete, a Hollywood actress, right. st- some celebrity. Because they're like, whoa, if a Black person can afford to come to my country, they must be a celebrity or, or a famous all-star. Mm. Ap, you know. So there was the other extreme side of that, where it's like they let you eat at the restaurants for free, or they like want to flaunt you and take you around the whole city and let you do everything for free. You go into a nightclub, and they literally change it to hip hop music and put you in VIP. Shout out to Latvia. <laughs> I looked like a
0: black person. Hip hop, change it. Get
1: this Euro techno off. <laughs> We're some drivers <laughs> <laughs> I would be riding in Uber drivers uh, or in Uber cars in, in different countries and uh, they would be playing their local music. I would enter, they would put on hip hop and rap. And I'm just like, wow. and they would look to me like, yeah. They're like, yeah, we,
0: <laughs> we like this. You like this, right? Because we, you we, you like it right? This is your music. You made this right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there was also the hilarity of them trying to overcompensate. Like, let me show them that I'm down, like, right. then, and stuff like that. But no matter what, I would say ninety percent of my travel experiences were positive. And so what I tell their black people is, do it for the ninety. Do it for mm. the ninety. Ten percent, oh. yes. Ten percent will suck. You can't do anything about that. 10% of people around the world are inherently racist. They have made up their mind about what Black people can do, their their value in this world. That is okay. Do it for the 90. The 90% Mm. of the world that welcome you with open arms and give you incredible experiences.
0: Yeah. I love that. When did you come to the... How many how many trips or how many how many continents or countries before you were like you know what do it for the ninety because I'm sure that like those first moments are scary right yep. like when the when you get spit at it's like for me like and maybe tell me well when you got spit like to me I'd be like all right getting on a plane I'm out <laughs> like like you know what I mean like what 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 was that for you
1: That's a really good question. So I would say the first like 20 countries were all pretty like. Popular tourist destinations. Everyone goes to Paris and Barcelona. So these were places that are used to seeing black people. Yeah. It wasn't until like country twenty five where I started getting the stairs and the they would close their door to their restaurant when I would start walking up. I was like, Oh wow! Oh, they really don't like me. And when I was in Prague, and that that's where I would spit. I would spit at. I was actually doing a sponsored gig, so I was there on a brand's dime wow. and I I went back to my accommodation and I cried I cried myself to sleep. I was like i don 't want to do this anymore I don't, I don't even want to be here like, what am yeah. I doing like they don 't even want me here like I just and I, I sent them an email i was like i 'm so sorry, I have to void the contract i can 't complete this obligation here 's what just happened. like I hope you understand, and look at me literally. Getting treated with this racist experience and me trying to be like, I hope you under you better understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: you know what? I didn't even clock that, and that is my own work to be done. But yes, there's uh, like a, that a, is a, a, I. a that's a that's apologizing immediately for oh wow, yeah,
1: um, they completely understood, they pulled all of the deliverables they're like hey we're going to get you out of there in a couple days like you know hang tight do this but like we're going to fly you to this country next but like just take a couple days to just like take care of yourself relax no stress no pressure just you know and- yeah
0: well thank goodness because you know not every
1: <laughs>
0: you know not somebody's wife will be like what pull it and? together <laughs> get it together sis <laughs> They'll use sis too you'll be like listen White ma'am, please stop.
1: Oh. <laughs> we can unpack that in another like episode, but a, a white person calling me sis is not okay. And that's a boundary I've been very clear about, too.
0: Yes, uh, it doesn't...
1: It doesn't sit with me.
0: <laughs> it doesn't sit. It doesn't... Every time I... <laughs> which I don't hear it all, You know, I, my gay friends, we say, like, sis, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I don't hear it from white people often. But, like, my equivalent is... Which you know, yes. Oh, hey, queen. What's up, girl? (laughs) White people be like, "Hey, girl." (laughs) I'm like,
1: "Oh my god, (laughs) what?" (laughs) You're a mess. You're a hot mess.
0: (laughs) I really am. (laughs) You know, it's like I, I'm not. I don't understand uh, (laughs) the the uh, (laughs) my brain short circuits. I'm like, I don't. That's not. That's not for us. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like because there are things that our communities do use and say to build sisterhood brotherhood like it's for us by yes. us that fooboo mentality yes and it's, you cannot co-opt every saying that you think is cool every phrase that you heard in a rap song it's triggering yes. honestly and
0: it is and and they do <laughs> they do it like they do it. They're not stopping. I, I, need to... <laughs> I can't.
1: I can't. It's.
0: It's. Yeah. Every time, like every time I'm on the Instagram Explore page, I will randomly hit some. Them like, oh, okay, well, oh, so they're, so they're just saying that. Okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> got it. Oh, and a million views on. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, <laughs> got it, got it. So they're just going to take our culture and then get. You get. Okay, got it. It's sponsored wow. content. Got it. Okay. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Wow. And you're like, oh wow! Just getting sponsored to <laughs> say black things. Eh, got it. Cool. Got oh, my okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, well, that's so 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 then. I love the I love do it for I love do it for the ninety because I don't I've never thought about it that way I think I I get um, kind of stopped and stunted at thinking about the ten you know and afraid of of the ten and maybe this is helpful you know in thinking about the ten because obviously there's some you know the ten the ten is a reality right you know it's one of those things where it's like you, you, you know you can't. As much as we can focus on the 90, the 10 is a reality. So how do you suggest preparing for the 10? Is there is there a preparation to be done? Obviously, some of it's emotional, some of it, you know, if you're approached by a foreign cop, like what like how do you prepare for for the 10?
1: Yeah, it's almost like I go into this like switch. The minute I get on the on a plane, I, I no longer have home court advantage. Whatever is said to me, I can't act like whatever things. And, and beliefs that people have in different countries or territories I, I, I'm a visitor and I always mm. have to yield to the fact that like I'm visiting them in their home turf where they have certain beliefs standards uh, rules societal rules and, and understandings that I have no idea about if someone comes up to me oh we don't like black people F you go back to your country I'm um, okay. And I I have to swallow that. And trust me, that takes work. I will Mm. swallow that and walk away. And it is not worth getting locked up in foreign jail. Because here's the thing. If I'm like, (laughs) if I throw hands, if I do what I actually want to do, and someone, another local comes and sees us scuffling, whose side are they going to take? Absolutely. Random black person or their own people? I end up in foreign jail now. And maybe I'm banned from that country. There are the possibilities. You don't know what people are capable of doing when you're a stranger. I have yeah. to constantly remind myself that, like, I don't have the home court advantage. My passport only means so much when I'm in my country. But if yeah. I'm someone else's, I, I don't have that home court advantage. So it takes a lot of humility. It also takes a lot of like discernment. If I'm going to a place where the vibe, the energy. I feel a lot of negative stares. I'm not going to stay there. I'm like, no, I, I don't feel wanted here. I can tell that there's an issue with me being black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, clearly, like, let me, let me excuse myself. And maybe that messes up my evening and I got to go find another restaurant or whatever. I'll do that to stay safe and stay within the boundaries of like, how do I have a good time and ensure my own safety? Because I've, I've, I solo travel a majority of my time as well. So yeah. I also have like backup or a friend.
0: It sounds like meditation, as we said earlier. It's a huge part of this. Like, Lord. don't go out before you meditate. So, um, <laughs> which that's just a life hack for <laughs> listeners. Don't go out without meditating. You're less likely to throw hands if you meditate. Um, <laughs> if you, so like in terms of, do you ever, this is my one question and then I'll ask another. Do you ever like make sure your your return flight is flexible so that you if you have to like peace out you do or is that like a a thing or or do you just like you know what, i'll stay at the hotel or i'll just you know
1: that's a really good question so for a long time especially in those first like five years when i was kind of just like on an endless journey because i didn't know what i was building or what the end goal was i only booked one-way tickets
0: So mm. I was
1: from like paris to belgium to spain to germany to russia to Poland, like just one way tickets and the website that I use because sometimes they're like, Oh, we need to see proof of onward journey. Fakeflighttickets.com. You can <laughs> buy a fake itinerary for $5 to Worked. show. To look, it is the biggest problem <laughs> hack. Hack ever. Fakeflighttickets.com for $5. And, and what I love about it, it's a legitimate flight. So if they try to look up the flight, they'll see it. It's on the schedule. What right, they right, do, right. They Like a, a, a mock itinerary of like, what it would do if you actually booked the seat. And Expedia, they'll do it through Expedia, which they actually do it. So they pre-purchase tickets from Expedia and then sell it back to people who need it. But it's only $5 because you're renting the seat for 24 hours. Oh, it is such a great business idea. So I'll use that to kind of like cover myself if I like need to be in a country on a working visa or business visa. Sure. So, yeah, there, there are those kind of hacks. But outside of that, I, I, l- I love to use Skyscanner to kind of see what days of the month are cheapest to fly out, because maybe I only wanted to go somewhere for one week. But if I can save five hundred dollars by flying a week week later, I know oh I'll just stay there two weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> save that five hundred. Hey.
1: <laughs> and, and this is kind of built into my work. So a lot of my work is location independent. So as long as I have a laptop and Wi-Fi, I can work from anywhere. So I'm, I'm not filming or on set for anything. So I guess yeah. that also really
0: helps. What have you learned from, you know, because you are like, I'm realizing like you are who I wish. Who, who I aspire to be, I'm Don't like she, she travels. She travels solo. <laughs> like she meditates. Like this is <laughs> if, if you're not, if you're listening, you should see the kitchen that uh, glows in the plants. The, it's just like it's a fucking. Architectural Digest, Instagram, uh, just, mwah. Um, oh God. So, so what have you, but like, you know, so solo is very hard for me, which is interesting. I can do solo at home. I love solo at home. I actually, you know, for Matthew and I, um, because you know Matthews my husband we've started to learn and appreciate that time apart especially in the quarantine Time apart is also very important you know like there's like the societal norms of marriage which is like we should do everything together and it's like I love you but like you know a, a nice little break from you is great. So like sometimes what I'll do is uh, I will like rent a uh, or book a hotel for like a weekend and just kind of like close the door, watch TV order room service live my life but that's like the extent of my solo travel which is like I I went down the block like I I I went I did it in WeHo like I ain't going nowhere (laughs) I like to be inside by myself but like going away or you know going um out of the country is a little scarier to me but I also imagine because if I do do it I learned so much about myself, right? It's there, there is something beautiful about that time alone. Um, and so I'm wondering what you have learned or some of your biggest lessons from traveling by yourself. Because it's, you know, again, one thing to go to West Hollywood. Another thing <laughs> to go, you know, uh, across the ocean by yourself. What, what, if, what, what are some lessons or things you've learned?
1: Yeah, and you touched on it. I think we are going to spend more time with ourselves more than anyone else in the world. Like there's just so much downtime, whether it's just going to the bathroom, just, you know, writing something. We're just, we're gonna, we need to learn how to love ourselves. And because like I grew up in a family of eight, I was constantly around siblings, parents, like we lived in a small condo. So I was constantly around people and I feel like that didn't give me the, the, the space or the capacity to dream, to think. To figure out what I wanted to do. And mm. I think that's why I craved solo travel. It became therapeutic for me. Because I was like, yo, I can sit here and like just think. <laughs> like you gotta give yourself the space to create, the space to think, the space to process. Because for a lot of us workaholics, like we don't really process emotions. We feel it and then we're like, oh, work. <laughs> oh, let me yes. do this thing that I gotta do. Oh, obligations, oh responsibilities, life. Yes. We don't allow ourselves to actually process any of our emotions. We're just so busy in moving on to the next thing. So, for me, the biggest things I learned about myself is that my main trauma response is how do I run away from this by staying busier? I would literally mm. pile more things on my plate if I could avoid processing hard emotions. <laughs> and I was Woo. like, I'm like, oh, yeah. well, you, can't, you can't run away from yourself. Like, whether you get this spiritual breakthrough in your home or in Bali, you're gonna be with yourself. Mm. You gotta figure out if you can't fix you, don't rely on anyone else to. Whatever voids you have about yourself, you're gonna still have it in a relationship, in a marriage, as a mother. Like, you gotta fill your own voids or stop putting so much pressure or reliance on someone else to fill a void that only you can fill. Whether that comes through books, reading, meditation, whatever. But you've got to like, I love personality tests, Enneagram, um, the DISC personality tests, the ENFJA. I do all of this because self-awareness is my jam. The more I know about myself, the more I can understand myself, the more I can learn and process and then just be a better human being. If I know that I'm impatient, I can approach situations that trigger my impatience with more calmness and compassion.
0: Sorry, I pulled away from the mic because I was like, this is a whole sermon. It's a whole word. <laughs> I just want to take this in. When you said fill your own void because you're going to have that void in your marriage, as the mom, as a what, in the relationship, that is deep and beyond. Tr- like, those are what we call fact facts. Fact facts. <laughs> <laughs> like, those are straight facts. Um, yeah, that's so, you know, and I think I get... Um, I think that's why I, I'm an only child, and so I grew up. I, I'm very comfortable by myself, but again, by myself in ho- at home, like by myself in a familiar kind of home place. Because I like to have my, you know, even like when I say I go to like a hotel in West Hollywood, it's like because I like to know that you know my my local restaurants are still available to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! We're, we're, mess. We're gonna, we're gonna mess. <laughs>
0: We'll work on that. We'll work on that. When when COVID is over, I will I will solo travel with you. We'll stay in separate hotels so we still seem like we're apart, and then we can do like we can meet up for like brunches. Oh my god! Um, but I imagine that sounds actually that sounds like a TV show. Uh, <laughs> Glow and Brandon take. Uh, Europe, take Africa, take Australia, take it all. (laughs) But I I imagine that there, you know, I really want to push myself with this, this do it for the 90 because I imagine that there is something really special about being in a foreign country and not having that control you know really having to rely on humanity really having to rely on instinct really having to rely on um rely on spirit do you know uh to to kind of navigate whether it's the language it's the food it's the you know the the cab to the hotel like there's something i i a different instinct, I imagine, activates that I am not activating here in L.A. Um, <laughs> just, I'm not. <laughs> but that I imagine activates that would lead to some expanding, you know, just expansion as, as a person, expanding that self-awareness, um, expanding um, just that, expand, expanding the healing yeah. Do you know, I just imagine that uh, am I crazy? Tell me if I'm right.
1: <laughs> you you nailed it perfectly. It's this idea of surrender. I am mm. someone who I try to control so many aspects of my life because of childhood trauma of abandonment and neglect. Yes. So I'm like, I can control all my relationships and no one will leave me.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, and, and that was like childhood trauma that I had to overcome. So this idea of surrender. Being put in unfamiliar territory with an unfamiliar language and unfamiliar currency forces you to be like, "Yo, I can't, I can't control anything because this ain't, this ain't my, not familiar with any of this." Yeah. So let me trust, trust the universe, trust the people, trust the vibe and the energy that things are going to go well. Yeah. No, I can't guarantee it. It's this idea of like, again, I have a ninety percent chance that things will go well here, but there's that ten percent that could sure. Save. And. I think you mentioned expansion it, uh, it's so powerful because it's I traveled for the people, not the places, like mm. yes see you know the Eiffel Tower and have dinner over the river scene, but it's the people that you're connecting with you're, you're talking to someone who is French and they have thirty years or however many years of being French and growing up in France
0: yeah, and
1: you can't buy that experience you can't read about that experience. you can only learn through someone else's journey. And you now are two people who grew up halfway across the world, exchanging stories about your lived experiences. There is nothing more powerful and beautiful than that. And that is honestly why I travel. That's what keeps me on the road. I'm like, man, who who can I touch and who's gonna touch me? Like, uh, with, uh, just, yeah, it's everything. I
0: got chills again. This is like a second wave of chills. <laughs> I love – I travel for the people not the places because that's the other thing. I'm like – and, you know, I traveled in school. So, like, I've been to, to France and Amsterdam and did some studying, whatever. And so earlier we were talking about uh – where I feel called to lead, stepping up into where I feel called to lead. And I think it's so interesting that we started there and we were talking about social media because as you started talking about traveling, I was like, oh, that's exactly what Glow did. She felt called to lead in this space where we as black people are so absent or or don't feel safe or don't feel comfortable. And this is a space where you've been called to lead and you're doing it so so beautifully. So um, in... In, let's just say in 2021, where do you feel, in addition, are there any other places you feel called to lead or feel called to step up?
1: That is such a great question because I think around the time our platforms blew up, I was thrusted into positions that I didn't feel called for.
0: Mm. And it was
1: like, even though I was teaching and preaching on diversity, inclusion, allyship, I was put into positions where these large contracts were offered to like teach these like departments of 300 plus employees. And I'm like, Whoa, wait, wait, no, because like, that's, there are actual people that have an education and background in that, in that field. I will refer them to you but Oh, but we like your delivery. I'm like, "Mm," stay on Instagram because I don't want (laughs) to dedicate. I, I just, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want that live burden, live Live yeah. teaching for for four hours on a very triggering topic. I can deliver yes. it like this on Instagram because I can take my time to process and meditate and and deal yes. with what I really feel like, and then I put it out there. If I'm teaching it live, I'm gonna get fired up and I'm gonna say the wrong thing. hello. <laughs>
0: Twenty <laughs> you know, minutes in, I'm like, you know, what? I'm mad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I gotta go. Uh, this actually pissed me off. <laughs> I'm, I'm like you. You,
1: you. know what? In the beginning, I thought I could do this, but y'all, y'all suck. And I y'all just,
0: suck. Hey. I don't, I
1: don't like your energy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't like your energy. I gotta go. I was
1: <laughs> like, I don't want to say something I, I, I'm gonna regret, and I'm like, I'm not called to do live training around diversity and inclusion, and that's not me. I can teach yeah. it in, in content that takes my. Like for me, like I know you do a lot of IGTVs and you're so eloquent and just so good at Thank just, you. yeah, oh, putting your thoughts and just oh, delivering it with passion, with with purpose, with mission. If I, if I go live or if I do videos every time, I'm either going to curse someone out or cry hey, because yeah. my emotions, the way they're set up, I can't just like monitor them like that. And yeah. so I create carousels and I do like graphic posts. Because I can process behind the scenes and no one has to see that I was angry when I created this, that I was yes. pissed, that I, I cried. Like, there were carousel that I created that I I cried through. The mm. Emmett Till one, when I'm recapping the Emmett Till story, Oof, yeah. most white people don't even know about that. And I'm looking at these pictures and I got to talk. About, I'm like, ah, yeah, Ugh. you know, yeah. It's triggering. And I can't always be that. So, yeah, for me, I just... Like okay, so you, sorry. Going back to your question.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I- so we know what you're not called to, and I want to. <laughs> I want actually. No, I, I want to touch on that a little bit before I let you go. But what what do you what do you feel called to, or what do you hope to be called to? Maybe
1: it's scary because I thought like I'm in a position where I, like I, I do everything myself, all aspects of my business. I'm a solopreneur, and I thought I needed management. I thought I needed like a team to help me get to that next level. But I can't even conceptualize the next level because the opportunities are coming at me that I'm like, okay, let me consider this. Or "Mm, let me think about this. But I really, really, truly value storytelling and I Mm. really value visibility and other black people seeing themselves do things that they didn't think was for them. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what product service thing that's going to look like yet, but maybe it's, writing a show, maybe it's filming a sequence. I I launched a podcast. Like, I I just want to tell more of our stories so that I don't have to share them on carousels in, like, maybe such basic concepts of the Black experience. I'm like, how do people not already know this? My most viral carousels are the most basic aspects of of Blackness. And I'm just like, if more of this Black experience, Experience was like normalized and put out there in a more digestible way on, on tv or whatever i'm like maybe that would help with just spreading what our experience looks like so yeah long story short i don't know, <laughs> 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 I don't know. it
0: sounds like you know a little bit no what i love about this is um about the question about what you're called to because i i i had personally recognized in the in in june and july and i had or after my first video which went viral i remember when it was at like 60,000 views and i think now it's at like 1.3 million which is not um which is not like a brag it's it's just like it's like a, oh there's a lot of eyes here there's a lot of attention here and that's different than when i what i expected which was like you know a couple of my friends to watch. And when it was 60,000, I like woke up in the morning and I remember just being over here by the coffee table and I have a photo of James Baldwin on the wall. I have my grandmother on the wall. Um, I have a photo of these like five or six black kids. It's like a pencil drawing. And I was weeping because I was like, I think I'm called to this. I think there's a reason that this is hitting right now. My grandmother was a minister and so we had a conversation. She's passed, but we had a we had a spiritual conversation that morning cuz it was like, well, this is this is her legacy. Like this is what she did. She she knew how to take big concepts about spirit and God and Christ and break it down in a way that you know, when uh, her funeral happened, I think I've said this on the show like the church was, like, overflowing with people that I didn't even know that she had that impact. When you, like, see it, when you see, like, hundreds of people coming to a church and, like, crying in your arms because your grandmother has passed, it's like, oh, fuck, this woman, like, this is what she did. And so so there was, like, okay, I feel called to do this, to talk about this. But then, similar to you, it was like, yes, but I am, like, exhausted <laughs> about race (laughs) yes 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 call to this but also like the 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 processing of trauma and the level of processing trauma uh and how quickly you're trying to process it and also like it's happening to you at the same time that you're talking about it it's like i'm not this is this isn't quite it and i'm seeing other people do it and do it brilliantly and i'm like to your earlier point i can refer you to these people because they are they are on it and this is what they were built to do. But I'm a storyteller like you. And so it was a matter of honoring the call, but then allowing the call to maybe um, shift and kind of evolve Mm -hmm. into what I think it is now. And to your point, it's like, oh, yes, I can like post um, educational content. I can you know when some fuck shit happens i can you know make a tweet but also like black joy is important to me (laughs) like also like you know that that matters also like being messy matters talking about sex matters to me like making dick jokes matter to me and I, i i found myself boxing myself into a i'm here to educate about black lives right which is like that's a piece of it. And so it was like, how do I, I think the call was broader. And I think to your point, the call is really not just about um, protection and justice, right? It's also about joy and success and travel and, um, and just the, 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 the different shades of the black experience is what the call really is. And, and, to your earlier point, the visibility of that, making sure that's visible. and the best way that I know to make myself visible on Instagram, at least is like, yeah, yeah, sometimes I'm a post about some heavy shit. And sometimes I'm a post about dicks, and like, <laughs> like and those two things get to exist, and I think that that
1: same space. I,
0: Yes. And I think there was such a tension and I think so many of us as black people have this tension because we are expected to be one thing. We're expected to either be the funny one or to be the strong one or to be the sassy one or to be the gay one. We're expected to be one thing. And it's like, oh, the best way for me to rebel in this moment, and by rebel, I mean progress, rebel for progress, is to actually show all the sides, is to actually post about Emmett Till, but then also post about, you know, some dumb shit that somebody (laughs) did or said, that both of those things get to exist because – It's, it is my space. It is your space. And, and yeah, I don't know if I made any points, but
1: you literally made so many and I'm here. My neck is like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm just like, yes. Yes. Because I, I felt that boxing in of, like, all these people seeing me as one thing, not knowing that I existed with a platform yes. and a fitness and passions before I was thrusted into this position. Yes. Like, oh, and then it was, like, kind of this on-demand, post about this, educate me about this. I was like, Excuse me? Excuse me? no I'm allowed to just exist and whatever I feel called on my heart for that day. That's what I'll post. And like you said, we're so multifaceted and we're so dynamic as beings, as humans, as black creatives. Yeah. We're allowed to coexist with all of our passions and, and, and fears and joys and whatever it is we want to talk about. And that's the best type of personal brand to build.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, to wrap this up I feel like the takeaway what I hope people will take away and I'll do a learning moment after this but what I hope people take away while while you're here is you know that do it for the 90 <laughs> like and that and 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 that the do it for the 90 is about you right like there's 10% of this shit that's growth and figuring it out and like it is painful and just in personal life where you're like, oh, I'm, I hate this or whatever. But then there's that 90% and that's what we're doing it for. And, and even that you're traveling, it's like it's for you. It's not for anybody yeah. else. None of yeah. this is – other people can benefit from it. Great. Other people can benefit, but that void is yours to fill. So that's you great. fill that void and then – Whatever pours out from that, the world gets to benefit. But you don't owe explanations. You don't owe anything to anyone. You owe yourself your existence and the chance Ooh. to exist. Is that feel like a good way to end?
1: Look, I was like, okay, yes. Yeah, like, oh, that, you know, <laughs> that's so many things. I love it. I love it.
0: glow, uh, I loved this conversation. It. I knew it was going to be great, but it exceeded my expectations. You have exceeded my expectations. What a wonderful conversation. I just love GLOW so much. Okay. Anyways, you know what time it is, right? It's time for BKG.
1: Learning moments.
0: That's right. Learning moments. And for those of you who don't know, this is where uh, I basically tell you things that I learned from the conversation. So apart from the fact that Glow is just – she glows. She's so warm, so inviting, so funny and talented and just truly an inspiration. Really, really and truly an inspiration. Um, But more specifically – I love when she said, you know, uh, don't conform yourself to every opinion or you will become a shape you don't recognize anymore. You know, we talked about this in terms of, of content creation, but I also think that this works in terms of life. You know, we we how many of us want to fit, want to belong. And so we, we shape shift. We become chameleons uh, and at times may compromise um, our integrity may compromise our beliefs, may compromise whatever it is, and and wake up and be unrecognizable. Uh, and that really and truly, the name of the game is intention. The name of the game is focus on your intention what that is. And if people fade away, as she said, they were just here for a season, okay? And that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. If it was just a season, good. Um, but you don't have to shift to keep people. Um, it's really important that you, I mean, we say, I mean, this is like, I mean, we say this to every kindergartner, every teenager, stay true to yourself. But as an adult, really, um, not just hearing that, but, but digesting that and living by that, stay true to yourself. You're, you're wonderful as you are. Um, and what you have to say is valid the way you have to say it is also valid. Uh, I learned the best advice that Glow got from Elder was from her third grade teacher, Mrs. Parker, who told her that uh, you will have to work twice as hard compared to her white counterparts, but don't take it personally. Make it your superpower. And I mentioned in here, you know, that this is – I've had conversations where people are like, this is a racist ideology, and, and I agree, but I love that it's also a reality, Right? there's also I don't love that that's a reality, but it is a reality. And what I love is that this teacher gave Glow some framework to take this thing and not make it a hindrance, not make it that she's behind, but actually uh, a new way to get ahead, a new way to think, a new way to work outside of the framework that's been given uh, and turning excellence into her superpower, as she talked about, which I which I really, I relate to. I'm a workaholic, baby. I'm a workaholic and I'm a a recovering perfectionist. Um, It used to be that I wouldn't put anything out until it's perfect. Now I just go for excellence. I go for intention, not perfection. Um, And so I loved loved that uh, advice from her third grade teacher. Um, Also do it for the 90. I mean, how many times did I repeat? That uh because I think it's it's such a good rule for traveling and actually inspires me, you know, when COVID is over, um, to to get some traveling in and really focus on the 90 and and you know, prepare myself, as she says, you know, like you know, there there are some life hacks and some traveling hacks rather, but do it for the 90. Travel for the people, not the places. Uh, what are the things that you're missing, the conversations that you could be having, the experiences that you could be having? And yes, the 10% exists. So meditate before you go out, you know, so you can really handle that 10%, but that there is, there is, uh, you know, and Glow knows, Glow has been around the world, honey. So when she says do it for the 90, I really, I really believe her um, that, that, that the majority of the experience can be really, really beautiful. Uh, and also the importance of of solo travel and also solo time, you know, being able to, well, here's what I'll say about the solo travel that really is intriguing to me, which is being able to use instincts that you've never had to use, because we get comfortable and familiar with our surroundings, with this idea that you're going to surrender. That's the word that she used. You're going to surrender to humanity, to trusting people and to trusting the place obviously and I want to be very clear we're not saying don't be stupid <laughs> don't don't go don't go to a foreign country and be stupid um but there is something beautiful in that surrendering and knowing wow I'm here um and I have to rely on different instincts that I don't usually have to use at home and what kind of um expansion uh waits on the other side of that experience uh I'm, I'm like, I wish, obviously we all wish COVID wasn't around, but I, I'm like inspired immediately from this conversation to, to book some flights, honey. Uh, <laughs> to, even if it's to travel to Minnesota. I ain't never been to Minnesota. What's over there? What y'all doing in Minnesota? Let me find out. Because <laughs> um, also, you know, that abroad money, that broad, that broad money, okay? <laughs> I don't got a broad money quite yet. So Minnesota, what's popping? What we doing? <laughs> what we eating? <laughs> Um, also, you know, at the end of our conversation, we came to the co- to the conclusion that you only owe yourself the ability to exist. In the context of trying to find our, co- our calling, it's important to know what you are not called to do as well. You know, Glow t- told us what she didn't feel she was called to do, which is equally as important as what you are called to do. And then also broadening that, knowing that maybe it seemed like this was what you were called to do, but it can shift. It can expand, it can grow. You don't have to be one thing. You get to exist, especially as Black people. We are so often uh, indoctrinated and, and reared to uh, play a part. We see it literally in our TV shows, we see it literally in our movies, we see it literally in the representation that's out there that we are kind of relegated to certain things but not other things. And if you do become the president of the United States or you do become a media mogul, you are the exception. Uh, other than that, play, play in your, your little sandbox. And I think if there's anything I'm taking away from this uh, conversation is that there is no sandbox. You get to exist as you are, do the things that make you feel alive, do the things that expand your existence, and then people get to benefit from whatever parts those are. We're multifaceted. So if today you post about anti-racism and tomorrow you post some dick jokes, people get what, they, what they're what they gonna get and leave the rest. I had a mentor say that. She was like, listen, I have not cornered the market on everything. Take what you can use and leave the rest. And I say that to us as Black creatives, as Black um, uh, entrepreneurs. You know, people can take what they want and leave the rest, but the, the root of it, the root of what we do is for us. The root of the experiences is for us. It's our existence. And so live your existence fully and expansively. So I, you know... I don't know if any of you um, listening have also had hesitations around travel, but, you know, maybe that's our first step together in, in 2022. Let's be real. <laughs> in 2022, <laughs> we can make a a, a, a little agreement that we will commit to traveling somewhere, even if it's Minnesota, honey. Um, it, would be, it would be cool to do a black folks retreat. Wouldn't that be cool, Judith, if we just like did like a little black folks retreat? Judith is muted and I have her face covered so I could do this, but I know that she's nodding. I know that she's nodding, and she's saying, Absolutely, we're gonna do a black folks retreat. Me and Judith in first class, that's a black folks retreat. <laughs> and we'll report back to y'all how it went. <laughs> Well, what did you guys learn? I want to hear from you always. So you can email blackfolkspodcast at gmail.com. B-L-A-C-K-F-O-L-X podcast at gmail.com. Well, yo, that is the show. I want to thank Glow for joining me. Glow, you are everything. And I cannot wait for us to meet in person and drink and eat and and travel. We're going to travel. Where are we going first? I don't know, but I'll let you pick. I can't wait. To the listeners, housekeeping again. Subscribe, rate, and comment on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. Also, if you want to see the video version of this interview, it'll be available a week from today on my YouTube page at Brandon K. Good. And trust me, you want to see Glow's Kitchen it's fabulous now if you are one of the many people who just can't wait every week for this show to drop catch sneak peeks of upcoming conversations on my IGTV page at Brandon K. Good on Tom Ellis's page at Official Tom Ellis and of course you can keep up with us on the Black Folks page at Black Folks spelled how B L A C K F O L X. and you know I always want to hear from you so if you got a question or anything like that email Black Folks Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And just in case you haven't heard it yet today, I love you so much. Bye. a podcast network.